Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The End Credits, the podcast where two brothers discuss their thoughts in a film of their choosing. I'm Dominic. I'm Jonathan. And today we are talking about Christopher Nolan's action-slash-adventure film, Batman Begins. I want to say off the bat, like just straightforward, I like the film, I think, just plain and simple. I think uh I told you <laughs> the whole I think I think the whole like superhero thing is just uh it's easy to get captured by sure and I think this is like before the time period of like um the copy and paste Marvel superhero film mm-hmm. which I be- I want to say it started like in the Avengers era like I think until that time they didn't have it until uh the Avengers and before this 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 film just felt uh I guess uh, believable that it could happen in like our world. Yeah, to put it simply. Totally. No, I completely agree. It's definitely a film that's much more grounded than those, um, you know, Marvel films, and um, holds up really well. But before we get more into it, let's get some of those details. Batman Begins was directed by Christopher Nolan with a release date of June fifteenth, two thousand and five. At a runtime of two hours and 20 minutes in the genre as an action slash adventure. It stars Christian Bale, Michael Caine, Liam Neeson, and Katie Holmes. Again, we have our Blu-ray copy of Batman Begins right in front of us. <laughs> Acclaimed director Christopher Nolan explores the origins of the legendary Dark Knight. After his parents' murders, disillusioned heir Bruce Wayne travels the world seeking the means to fight injustice. With the help of his trusted butler, Alfred, Detective Jim Gordon, and his ally, Lucius Fox, Wayne returns to Gotham and unleashes his alter ego, Batman, a masked crusader who uses strength, intellect, and high weaponry to fight evil. That was a good uh, summary right there. Yeah, I think it was really nice. Um, yeah, um... I have to say, for 2005, this film holds up remarkably well. I think so, especially like uh, being the first of a trilogy and like setting up uh, what's going to happen forward as like a foundation. Mm-hmm. I think it uh, it does pretty well, like even uh, visually too. You know, like oh yeah, it holds up uh, remarkably well. If anything, like uh, just like with Memento, early dialogue sequences just felt a little rough. Yeah, I agree. I will. Yeah, I would say that um, there were like mistakes, or there were like rough patches with the dialogue and whatnot. But I feel like it was more forgiving simply because of the nature of a superhero film. You know, I kind of feel like it's a little easier to let it go because um, maybe there's just more like other things to worry about or be like captured by than just the dialogue. Okay. And even if when it comes to, um, I guess I, I guess I would like to call it like quotable lines, and uh, that you hear in the movie. And for me personally, I kind of felt like there are a lot of those uh, sprinkled throughout, but I thought that they they fit much nicer. You know, they fit so much nicer than what um, like than what Memento did. Okay, like there's like it just I know it I know it's a dialogue from a script. But it felt like it was it was able to work a lot better because, uh, given the nature of a superhero film, I think your your suspense of like disbelief is already gone. You know, you're already suspending it, and uh, and I feel like it was just much easier to take in those kind of lines that came up every now and then, and it didn't feel hokey. I guess that's true, especially like uh, trying to understand. Like who he is and what he's doing or whatnot, uh, like those later, like uh, I guess heroic, ethical, you know, uh, stances, right? Uh, accompanied with the dialogue, it's it can be, you know, if it wasn't a superhero film, it might seem cheesy, but because it's in this, like, uh, it's trying to explain something that's like uh, not ordinary, right? It kind of makes sense. I, I guess it's just my whole uh, thought process was just at the beginning setting up, just learning uh, who Bruce Wayne was. 
and uh you know with his whole training with the league of shadows and stuff like that i thought at that moment when he's just describing like his fear and stuff like that i thought that was a little cheesy for me but again i think it works like overall later to when we get to actual batman mm-hmm. um yeah i just thought the setup was a little bit like uh Wait, what? Why is this happening? And uh, oh, okay. where are we at? And how did Bruce Wayne end up here? You know, I just had those all sure. those questions at the beginning. So, um, yeah, I definitely do want to get into those scenes a little bit more. We'll talk about the League of Shadows and Bruce Wayne and his motives and whatnot. But uh, before we get into that, overall, like we're saying, Batman Begins is a, it's a, um, it's truly a good grounded origin story for a superhero especially right. for batman mm-hmm. and uh i just feel like it establishes it itself you know in my opinion and for 2005 like you don't find many films like that especially superhero out of all of them you would think that in this kind of genre it would it would be a massive flop and i don't think it was um i feel like it never stretched itself too thin i feel like it always stayed in its um, like its themes and its messages that it had throughout the film, like, um, you know, like the man versus self, anger, violence, corruption, guilt, uh, self-discovery, redemption, coming of age, you know, and all of those things. And, um, I just felt, I felt like Batman Begins never strayed far away from those ideas. And I felt like that's what helped it, you know? Yeah, it's, uh. Like you said, it's a, it's a it's a well uh, executed origin film because in this film we really do go into uh, who Bruce Wayne is and how he becomes Batman for a majority of the film. Right, like his struggles to like uh, you know go this far into creating this uh, persona of like you know for what he says you know fear for the you know the criminals or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, because like I want to say like you know. Other films like you know before this you know like you know Batman and Robin Batman Forever, oh, Batman they, Forever. you know they didn't do these sort they of didn't things. go that yeah. deeply into a Batman film right right we didn't really understand this character or have like uh, empathy for him like we yeah. do in this film and because we see that struggle at the beginning and um, it helps people connect towards him a lot more and makes it like a an enjoyable film to watch because, you know, you're rooting for him and what he can do. Right. And it makes it feel so much more human. I like that you brought that up with the previous Batman films that had been made, uh, you know, in the prior years uh, before Batman begins. And it was nowhere near yeah. the level that <laughs> begins was at, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think that's, it's an important thing to establish and make note of because we weren't, we were like in cartoon land you know, with right. the previous Batman films and, uh, Nolan definitely, change the landscape of what a superhero film could feel like. Right. And, uh, of course other, other movies like, uh, Spider-Man from 2002, of course. <laughs> I mean, that, I think that was the first one, but, uh, you know, hopefully we'll look at that one down the line. Um, yeah. And, uh, you spoke earlier about like, uh, Bruce Wayne's motives, like when it comes to, you know, what he's, uh, fighting for and everything. And you kind of already briefly touched on this. Um, but how do you feel about like the motives overall? Like, do you feel like, uh, how were they established? Did it feel cliche to you? Did it make sense? I think overall it made sense just on like, uh, you know, with his family. Cause I, I know everybody knows this origin story. I feel like, you mm-hmm. know, where his, his parents after leave, leaving a theater show, they, uh, you know, get mugged by this, you know, other just like random yeah, guy just on random, the street. Yeah, random criminal or whatnot. And, you know, they end up uh, dying. And he just left alone or whatnot. I guess, like, the only thing that was, like, a little... Uh, like, this is probably actually an actual thing, you know. But uh, I could see how someone's like, you know, what? If, you know, they didn't really know uh, a lot about it. You know, like, just him... The whole falling in the well s- scenario. Him oh. being afraid of bats and, like, just coming back to haunt him. Until he's like a very much of an adult, you know. Yeah, that in some ways can be like you know seriously, but you know it's a traumatizing experience for yeah. a kid, you know, experiencing the death of a loved one. So you can really like bypass that. And it's like okay, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll believe in that. Yeah, yeah, 
And I feel like what helps, again, like uh, I'm going back to um, just the idea that we're already in a superhero film. I think people are more lenient to let that, uh, I guess, the origins of how said superhero became who they are later. Um, I think people, you know, I feel like people normally just don't care about that. You know, they just want to see, in this case, Batman. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel like they're probably just like, yeah, I mean, that that, that makes sense. Yeah, that And works. they don't really think much of it. But, I mean, um, like, even going further from when he was just a kid, because in the opening moments of the film, we do see kind of like when he does get older, it goes really fast. You know, we do see, you know, he gets the, you know, he's afraid of bats and everything. He falls in the well and everything. But then we cut pretty quickly to seeing him when he gets older, and now he's like in some... Uh, prison and whatnot and my question is is that like when he's older and in the and then and in these moments um how how do you feel about that like how does it feel like when he's in prison like that shift i think it's fine i was just wondering like how did bruce wayne end up here and all that if anything that i thought was weird that uh when liam neeson first showed up oh yeah his character uh, uh, ducard at first Mm -hmm. when he first started that was weird like why he just suddenly appear in this prison how do you know bruce wayne was here and like eventually you know throughout the story just like uh we we come to learn how he got into that prison or whatnot right right. all that learning scenario on how that happened was just kind of like what are the chances of that actually happening and then them coming out okay, being fine or whatnot, and uh, uh, just going through that whole experience? That that in some realm can be like, come on. like It was a little far reach. Right. Okay. But, but again, it might come back to this is, okay, this guy has to become Batman. He has to learn you know, all these stuff somehow. Right. You know, so uh, it's believable in that sense. That's kind of where my mind was because – I was thinking, like, you know, where did this guy show up from? Where, where did Ducard show up from? And, right. like, you know, what is he doing here? And how does he know that Bruce Wayne is here? But I like how we kind of gave that little line of saying something along the lines of, uh, you know, with a name like that, it's not going to even, like, the world is so small for Bruce Wayne or something like that. And you're not going to go very far. So I kind of, like, I kind of got that. And that's all I really needed, you know, for, mm-hmm. like, a brief answer. Um, of course, was I looking for more? Sure. But I mean, I've already seen this movie several times, so I, I knew. Right. But, but I mean, for a first viewer, like if uh, you were watching it for the first time, I could see how it would be like acceptable because Bruce Wayne is Bruce Wayne. And if you know anything about Batman and the universe of um, uh, Batman, I mean, Bruce Wayne's everywhere. So like you're just going to be OK with that. Right. Um when you know he's there and everything and um uh he ends up like wanting to come back eventually we get a whole lot more learning about um uh, you know kind of how he got there and him wanting to experience like real like danger and real crime and um i was curious on as to how you felt about him just leaving and taking that first leap from when he confronted uh falcone which was the um lead like the biggest crime lord in Gotham at the time and then he ends up leaving um do you feel like it was important for him to leave and go on this journey for him to you know go through uh, crime yes it's like an overall is what happens throughout the film yes it was necessary and uh, again you can believe in like why everything happened you know with uh, the trial of the uh, criminal who murdered his parents Obviously, he's going to get upset that he's let go. You know, he can't do anything about it, really. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, trying to, like, encounter some danger. It's just, uh, you can tell, I guess, that's, uh, I think that's believable on someone to to do, you know, if they're in this, you know, state of, like, um, worry and uh, just don't know who to trust and who they want to become and stuff like that, right? Yeah. it makes sense for him to do all this, especially since, you know, obviously he has all this uh, company and this wealth and money. You know, he's just, uh, he doesn't know, again, who to trust or where to go. So he just ends up escaping because he's being overwhelmed by all this stuff around him. 
And uh, no, I think it makes sense. And like, it was a good quote unquote setup just to see uh, who's what everybody's stances were like uh, ethically and how far they changed overall. Yeah. Um, I like what you're saying there because it is interesting to see that uh, um, where Bruce Wayne, a young Bruce Wayne was in the moments when his, uh, um, his parents' uh, murderer was going to walk away free. And at the time, it was interesting to see that Bruce Wayne was wanting to go to that level of uh, murdering the guy mm-hmm. whenever he was going to uh, be let go. And, of course, that didn't happen. Um, but it was interesting seeing, like, you know, that's where his mind was. And like you've pointed out, he was at that low point because he didn't want the criminal to, you know, to be let go after 14 years or something like that. And... Obviously, he still feels that anger. Yeah, who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? He still feels that sense of like revenge. And um, I like how Rachel stepped in, and I love how she felt like that was she was that moral compass at that time. I love that moment when, you know, uh, she takes Bruce and she shows him around Gotham and like the the slums of Gotham and everything, and she's showing like, you know, the pain doesn't just stay on you and it's not all about you it's about all these other people too and what your parents stood for and trying to help out the um the city as a whole and that was really interesting um having her there as the moral compass and like almost like guiding him and he didn't he didn't even realize it and he was definitely falling um you know far from what he you know should have been Right, where his parents were originally, so... Yeah, and that was a sad thing, but... I Yeah, I guess I was just, like, thinking that... um, Yeah, it was probably an important thing for him to leave because without that experience of him leaving and kind of putting himself through what crime is like and being a, you know, a guy who steals and kind of forgets the, the moral code, really, and just going underground, I think he wouldn't have gotten a sense of what he was doing. Um, and it was kind of like that, that kick in his gut when Falcone was basically telling him like, you don't understand what it is. And that was kind of like a, Oh man, he, in a way he kind of doesn't, but, um, clearly he took it upon himself to go discover what that actually meant. Right. Um, and then eventually he ends up, um, he ends up finding the league of shadows. And for me personally, these are probably, this is probably one of my favorite parts of the film. I really love when he finally discovers the League of Shadows and he gets all his training and um, uh, we are reintroduced to uh, to Card. And yeah, I, I just really like it. I, um, I'm like, I, I just, I thoroughly enjoy the scenes. I love watching. Uh, I just love watching like when he's learning and just the way like everything looks and everything. It's really nice. Um, well shot. But like, what is this building? This whole building doing up like way up in the mountains? Yeah, just kind of like it's a little, it's a little like hard to believe. But okay, well, let let I'll just let that one slide. <laughs> um, but I think what I really like about this though is, um, love. I love watching Bruce grow, and right. he's honing in his skills. You know. Yeah, I was gonna say same thing. I like the the progression of his character. And uh, just, again, learning to become uh, Batman. You know, that's the ultimate goal. We, as long as we see the goal at the beginning, we're like, okay, yes, we can get behind uh, the character of uh, him becoming the superhero. And here's where he's learning all his, uh, you know, the stealth and the, the this ninja techniques that he's learning throughout. But uh, I guess, yeah, it, it all uh, looks good. And I like a, a good training montage. Oh, yeah. But like... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, it's some ways. It's like uh, uh, I don't want to say like cheesy or into that that realm. When in some ways, I guess for me, it's like uh, I don't know. There, you have to find like a striker right balance with it to make it like okay, uh, it makes sense and it's showing you know this character learning throughout. Right. While on the other hand, you could go too far where it's kind of like. Okay, it's like he doesn't need to like you know 
do all these things for you know just insane things that no human could actually do you oh, know? okay yeah to like i'm talking about like the extent where uh basically by his end of his training while he's just holding uh what's it called a uh, ducard why the 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 hand uh when he like destroys this entire oh, place right i'm skipping i'm skipping that far but you know that whole entire end scene when we when we actually get in, into in depth there that's kind of like uh you know whatever oh you thought that was cheesy interesting because i actually thought that that was like, like one of the most important scenes it's cool yeah important but like at the same time i understand like it's one of those like moments is like come on he was like this, you know this this close to like you know actually failing in that scenario and i don't know it's like of course and again going back to this realm of the superhero it's believable and i'll get behind it but in, you know in some ways i'm like if it were any other movie you would have yeah, been like oh, i, I would stupid. tear it to shreds yeah you know? <laughs> hey if captain could, if captain america can hold down a helicopter from leaving the building yeah. uh bruce wayne can hold himself uh you know on, on the edge of a cliff and save <laughs> Ducard, so I mean it's fine. Um yeah, I don't know. I just I, I really like these scenes and I like seeing Bruce go from the just like a person who's like pent up on rage and uh not really like understanding like what this like this anger means and then we're kinda like really uh under coming to terms with it and understanding it and then developing his own moral compass through through his training like the the biggest thing is the fact that you know he doesn't want to kill right and, and that's an important idea um for him and uh because that separates uh the good from the the bad really and it's like in his mind it separates him from being a criminal because he's not like a criminal um and that's what he wants to establish he doesn't kill he just wants to uh you know apprehend but let the system uh take over for the justice you know mm-hmm. he want he wants that kind of justice and not necessarily like oh i'm gonna go after you and i'm just gonna kill you and then justice is served so that's an important thing that i really like seeing i love how he goes through like this whole training you know montage sequence whatever <laughs> you want to call it but at the very end you know he doesn't really accept himself as a member of the league of shadows because the league of shadows wants to kill that that's right. their code and at that point, I'm just kind of like little, little fearful for him because he's surrounded by all these people who technically he's supposed to lead into Gotham now right. and go destroy everyone in Gotham. But then he's like, oh, wait, no, 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 I don't want to kill what he's like, you know, told that he's got to kill somebody in order for like some kind of, you know, initiation. But right. It's like, what the heck? Like, was it the, the was it the training enough? I thought you said I was ready. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. I was like, now I got to kill somebody. Yeah. Well, I was like, good God. Oh, uh, I want to say that like, uh, you can definitely tell the struggle there, you know? Yeah. He's like, okay, no. But then, uh, you know, uh, Ducard is like, you know, come on, you got to do this. You know, we just, this tra- training can't go to waste. Yeah, you know? Right. He's like, it's too, it's, it's like, it's too far already. Yeah. Like for just, your own sake. Yeah. It was like, oh, come on, you know? And he was like putting him in this tough situation, you know? Right. And, you know, as we, you know, come to learn with Batman, you know, it's like, nah, this is not what I'm about. And, you know, he he chooses against uh, going that route. Right. And I mean, another scene that another thing that I like about these scenes is watching, um, you know, both Bruce and Ducard, like their relationship growing stronger, because that's another important thing within the film. Like, it's not like uh, he ends up like destroying the place and then he's just like, okay, let's forget about it. Right. He saves Ducard. And, uh, like the reason being is because they, you know, they developed this relationship over the course of their, <laughs> their training sessions right. and, uh, learn more about each other and everything. And it's, it's, it's almost like a master apprentice kind of, uh, relationship, you know? Mm-hmm. And if you have ever had that kind of thing, it's, you know, it's not just a, you can't just abandon your teacher and right. you know, you don't, you don't just do that. Uh, so, you know, it makes, it makes the rest of their encounters m- meaningful. Right, especially the moment when he saves Ducard from the uh, from dying in the burning building. Then, uh, by saving him, it may it makes the rest of their encounters more meaningful, and I like that it establishes that. Mm-hmm. Um, then Bruce Wayne Bruce Wayne returns. Here's another scenario where I'm like, come on, what's the oh, chances? Yeah. You know, 
They declare him dead, I believe, and then he just comes back. He's been gone for seven years. It's like, seriously? It's he's, like, he's been gone for what, almost what a decade. What are we doing? What are we doing? <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, that's another thing. I'll agree with you. It was a little, um, you know, really kind of stretching there, especially like he's just like, oh, let me call up Alfred and my jet, and then here I am. It's I'm like, back. It's like, no, come on. It's like... Who's going to believe after seven years, guy's not dead. He just shows up and people aren't asking questions. You know, it's like, where were you been? You know, how is this possible? Why did you quote unquote fake your death? And, you know, all these situations. And we didn't hear a thing. It was like, oh, yeah, he's back. Honestly, it's because really, uh, you know, ultimately, it's not really important. Um Not important to the story, really. Okay. Like, I'm, just I'm, sure, like, I'm sure that it probably happened. But we just didn't see it because it, it wasn't something that we needed to put inside of the you know two hour yeah, twenty minutes or whatever. I'm just saying, like, uh, couldn't we have just said, oh, he went to some other, he's on vacation somewhere, you know, and we, you know, he's going out. I guess they would have to say, like, at least show photos or, or something, right? You know, yeah. It's like, why can't you contact? But I don't know. Saying he's de- he's dead and just coming back, and no one seemed really surprised or really like i wouldn't say that investigating like you know knowing what truly happened is like oh yeah you're back and we were just gonna accept it now well i mean if you were to hear someone something like that of someone like disappearing and then just coming back i don't know uh, yeah okay probably people are gonna look into it and be like a little bit suspicious like how did you pull it off right something you know well there definitely was a shock factor when bruce did return uh to wayne enterprises and I think there was definitely like a shock from the people who saw him again when yeah, he came back. I, I guess, yeah, I guess we didn't truly need it, right? But uh, I guess I just I wish there was uh, some something, something a little bit more. Yeah, I think I, I was probably okay with like not having to um, uh, deal with it, but it's fine. So not only was um. Not only was this the return of Bruce Wayne, but this is the birth of Batman. And for me, I really love these scenes. Like, uh, I never get tired of watching these scenes, like particularly like when he's getting the bat suit and oh, yeah. he meets uh, Lucius. It's just so fun. And yeah, just to find all this gear and everything. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know. I think just the interaction between the two, I think they just do a really good job of just like, Man, this could actually happen. <laughs> this could actually yeah. happen if you just had enough money. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think he, I think someone could legitimately become the real Batman. Yeah, I remember saying when we were uh, watching this film, I was like, "Why doesn't just somebody, you know, go out and be Batman?" You know, it's like somebody's rich out there that could they could become the Batman. <laughs> right. I, I was gonna say maybe it's just because you know no one is Bruce Wayne and everything. They just don't right. have the money. But that's not true. <laughs> look at look at Amazon. Look at uh, whatever. I don't know. Yeah, but it's like yeah. Why aren't, why aren't you uh, why aren't you Batman here? Yeah, yeah. Just just go to L.A. or New York and be the Batman. Just be the Batman. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I really like it because. I just love watching. I just love watching like the birth of it happening, like the creation of it coming together, and I love kind of like the slight comedy that Lucius and uh, Bruce Wayne have together, and I love how Bruce Wayne is coming up with like these like awful excuses as oh, to yeah. what he needs these this gear for. It's just great. Cool. I never get tired of these scenes. It's so good. It still holds up today. Uh, today and yeah, I don't know. It, it's great. Um. I love in this in these moments too, like in the birth of Batman. I love how um, I love how Christopher Nolan not only like gives us a sense of how it was created, but he also gives us a sense of um, like the like an amateur Batman. You know, we don't see him just go from oh Bruce Wayne's back and everything, and now I'm just gonna be Batman. I love how like he's like acquiring all of this stuff, and then. Yeah, it even goes as far as to like we see like uh, Batman's first night out when he oh, goes to yeah. like talk with Gordon for the first time. <laughs> oh man, this is bad. And you know he just got like a ski mask. The yeah. the the armor, like the suit, isn't even like complete yet. And um, he's a little like little little rusty. Right, he like, does um, not have an escape plan at all. No. He barely makes it out there. He's like, he gets hurt, you know, injured when he does this full on dive into some other balcony. It's kind of like, 
Ouch, man. Like injures himself, yeah. like has really like probably broken Jeez. a few ribs. I don't know. But and I, th- I think that's what's great is because like Christopher Nolan has made Batman appear real, you know? Yeah. Like he's, we've gone from like how we mentioned, we've gone from this like cartoony, campy. Uh, you know, campy, uh, like that campy style Batman. <laughs> dare, I, dare I mention George Clooney's Batman? I always always think back to like Adam West's Batman. Yeah. I mean, uh, look how far, yeah, look how far we've come. Don't get me wrong, though. Like, I enjoy that Batman. Yeah, <laughs> sure, it's like, cool. I think I have just fond memory because we own that DVD yeah. of uh, the uh, the movie uh, Batman. Yeah, and I have a special place in my heart. But like, uh, I don't know. Uh, this one just it was it's just a better like origin story, like believability, seriousness, and like okay. Again, it's 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 grounded in this uh, you know believable world. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you know, like we we, we just see him make mistakes yeah. because he's human. He's a human. Batman's not. Right. No, he, he's no not superpowers. Super, exactly. He's not Superman. He's not like that. He's 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 a human. But I love seeing like the suit development with him and Lucius, and even with Alfred too. Like when they're making up the masks and everything. Oh yeah. Like that. That's really funny. That's a nice like comedic relief. That's funny. Um. Uh, even like when he makes mistakes with Scarecrow, like when he encounters a Scarecrow for the first time mm-hmm. and he gets uh, like that dose of that hallucinogen. And I love how like Batman isn't fully prepared for it. Right. He, he basically uh, uh, loses that battle basically. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't know about this drug that was happening. And, you know, the he Scarecrow just sets him on fire, yeah, sets him on fire. And he, he basically, again, gets injured out there and. Alfred has to come back and get him because it was that bad. He's out for two days, and you know it's just a bad encounter. He he definitely. Um, this is again, like you said, an amateur Batman. It's not the Batman, you know, of, of you know he has lots and lots of experience. You know, yeah. This is a like he's uh, well prepared. He's well yeah. planned. This is the beginning, you know, of, of a Batman. Yeah, as the title implies. Right. So, I really like. I really like that uh, we're getting, you know, that sense of like the birth of Batman and everything and just love how Nolan goes through with all these different ways of showing that because obviously he's not perfect. Um, personally, I I kind of felt, um, I, I always felt like Batman Begins was definitely more obviously more about Batman than it is about Bruce Wayne, you know? And I feel like... It is a good mix of both. Don't get me wrong. It's a great mix of both. I'm just wondering, do you think that we could have had more Bruce Wayne scenes? I actually disagree with you in the sense when it's more about Batman. I think it's a, mm. it's, I think it's about both really. It's just, uh, it comes out to who the true Bruce Wayne is because, uh, he really is Batman and this whole like, rich persona you know this 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 young you know guy uh that's all fake in, right. in reality so it, i think i think it's it's hard to you know differentiate them really if you want to like actually go true true in depth it's more this is just his human quote-unquote persona right that's just for show really so we we basically i think it's just a, a full combination of Batman slash Bruce Wayne, really. I don't think it's just only Batman, you know? Mm. So you felt like it was a nice blend of the two? Well, I think, it, it, like like I said, though, it, it's it's both. Cause right, it, yeah. So I don't think there was this separation, really, of, okay. of them. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah. just who you see, you know, a mask or a human uh, face, really. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, Yeah, I was just wondering, because I always felt like it was more of a I always felt like it was more Batman, but I was always okay with that because I feel like everyone wants to see Batman, you know? I, right. I guess maybe when I'm thinking about, like, previous films, I feel like there was always more Bruce Wayne than the Batman for whatever reason. Um, but I feel like Christopher Nolan did a good job at keeping the the blend between the two. And like you said, it's really just kind of the... Um, the Bruce Wayne is really just kind of like the real mask, I guess, to the, the Batman figure. Right. Um... And then we get that real, like, really good introduction with Batman for his first moment, like, when he's, like, a little bit more, uh, he's got his, like, stuff together a little bit. 
when he goes after Falcone and his men. I love that introduction for Batman. That's probably one of the best introductions yeah. for any superhero. Um, it just turns into a horror movie, basically. <laughs> I know, right? It feels very horror-esque. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just love that moment when he's we finally get that first uh, gritty, gr- uh, grungy on Batman and the iconic Batman voice that Christian Bale, you know, so like so does. But yeah, I, be- I believe since then every Batman has tried to do that voice, like replicate it. Yeah, with it because. I don't believe any of the previous Batmans actually had that tone of voice, really. Not a, yeah, not like the kind of gravelly that yeah. he does. Very interesting. I, I remember looking into like the origin story behind the voice, and apparently, I think it was a mistake on set one day or something, just to make someone laugh. And I think someone overheard him just like do that again. <laughs> really, okay. I don't remember. It was something along those lines, I think, and it just stuck. And you know, obviously stuck for stuck around for two yeah. more films. Yeah. Um, no, but I, I love I love that moment because um, it's it feels epic. Uh, like Batman's just there, and they're trying to like you know take him down, and we just get that first like first like glimpse of him. But I think what's more is that like it brings both Gordon, Rachel, and Batman together, like the, you know, the the holy trinity, I guess, of Gotham. The dream team. The dream team. And um I think that I think that's what's great about it, is because it brings these characters together now and it establishes them as a team. Yeah, as like the hope of Gotham basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh their plans kind of get cut short cuz there's more villains uh, throughout Gotham. Yeah, such as like the Scarecrow when he Basically, um, they become more and more suspicious of him after uh, after um, Falcone gets arrested or whatnot, and he claims he's insane or what. Oh, right. And uh, eventually, Scarecrow needs to shut him up, and which he does. And you know, uh, eventually, Rachel gets very suspicious on like what's happening or whatnot. Yeah. And this causes, like, a chain reaction to, like, the next events of the movie. Right. Quite literally a chain reaction because of the whole, like, uh, water getting contaminated. Oh, yeah. So it's funny that you use that word. But uh, Dr. Jonathan Crane slash the Scarecrow. uh, I love how you brought him up because, honestly, for the longest time um, when I watched this movie, I always felt like he was, like, the weakest link. And and watching it again, I, I totally... I was. I feel completely wrong about that. Now. You, you're true. Uh, yeah, I, I think I thought that before I, too. But watching it again for the podcast, I'm like, he does have actually bigger role here than what I originally thought. Yeah, and like what I originally remembered. But I, I, I loved his performance. Like, yeah. uh, for me, I kind of felt like he was like one of the, uh, like one of the few people who really understood his character. Like. I think he was probably the only person up to the point of that movie when uh, he showed, like, when he showed Rachel the um, what what was going on underneath, like, um, the water supply. Yeah, like in the water supply. I love that moment when Batman comes, and I love how he calls him the Batman, and the way he delivers the line. Uh, I don't think anyone previously previously in the movie called him the Batman. I don't think, or just Batman, I don't or think. or just Batman. Yeah. Or maybe they did. I'm not sure. But when when uh, when Scarecrow says the Batman, it just like sells it. It sells the fact that like Batman is like this this uh, this image, this uh, like character, and it almost like legitimizes him, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, yeah, I don't know. Like it did it did something else for that moment in time. And I'm like, man, he was so good. <laughs> I was like, yes, I really like yeah, Scarecrow. Yeah, uh, one of the better villains, actually. I think. Yeah, say so yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, he did a well performance and all that. My only like, uh, issue with that like whole sequence is when the 
like the all the uh, henchmen like behind when they ask questions to set up that that oh, scene. It's a little I'm stupid. Like, yeah, they're, they're like the dumbest henchmen ever. You know, they, they but they always are. Henchmen I, always I are. I know, but I'm like, you know, they ask the question, "Can you really fly?" and stuff like that. I'm like, seriously, guys, like, yeah, do you believe? Do you really man? believe? Yeah. yeah, it's like real people would be like, you know, come on, that's not a thing. You know, yeah. just, just brush it off. You know, that's like a, a real reaction. But this guy actually gave it like. Oh man, maybe this guy can fly. You know, I was like, I don't know. That's just a superhero world thing. Well, like Scarecrow responded that way. Is that what you're saying? No, 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 no. no. The henchmen. The oh, henchmen. okay. Oh, yeah. I yeah. think if there were like henchmen of the real world, quote unquote, they'd be like, nah, you know, whatever. You know, the, yeah. that other side of henchmen. You know, they just brush it off and they yeah. just uh, let their guard down. That's more believable in my opinion. Right. Okay. But okay. this type of henchman was like the stupid henchman that be thinking like, hmm. Batman can fly. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh. <laughs> I, I see what you're saying. Uh, I don't know. Like, I even love the way that uh, Scarecrow replied to them. Like, he almost kind of made it seem like, uh, gave him kind of believability. He's like, oh, we'll have to see. We don't know. But they, they you know. But again, and I, 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 I love that because it plays to his character because he loves playing with people's minds. Right. And uh, uh, that that works. That works yeah. with, with his whole uh, persona and uh, how he carries himself. Right. That totally makes sense. Yeah. I just think that these henchmen were just be, supposed to be portrayed as real people. <laughs> but they're and, just played stupid. Yeah. I was like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally understand. Uh, no, yeah. Definitely. Not a weak link. Uh, and definitely much stronger Def- than yeah. what I remembered uh, yeah. the character being. And I was just like, wow, this is great. I even read that, um, uh, as people might may know, uh, Killian Murphy, the guy who plays Scarecrow, he was actually, uh, he he auditioned for the role of Batman uh, with Christian Bale and one other guy. And uh, But he, obviously he didn't get the role. <laughs> uh, that that would have been really weird. But anyway. I was going to say, whoa. But... Um, when he got the part for Scarecrow, he actually read a lot of comics on Scarecrow and the character, so he un- mm. he understood it. But he not only understood the character, but he wanted to take him in a different direction because Scarecrow was kind of a little bit like cartoony and hokey in the comics. Okay, so he wanted to kind of make him a little bit more realistic. And I love that he you know he read into the character, and I could de- it definitely shows in the movie, in my opinion, that him doing the research into the character. And getting a different sense of what the character could be, uh, I, I feel like he made it his own, and um, definitely a, a villain that underrated, I, I, I think, and not talked about enough, especially in, of course, like in in Christopher Nolan's trilogy, because when we come to the Dark Knight, we have the Joker, and obviously that's a really great performance. Right. But I feel like Scarecrow isn't talked about enough. Yeah, yeah. But definitely. I'm glad that you brought him up. Um. Yeah, I don't know. There, there was something different about about that performance. Um. I I love how when we're in this moment, it almost feels like everything's like really falling apart, and it, there is no hope. Especially when the water lines are contaminated, and it's like, what are we supposed to do? And especially the fact that Batman only has like two an- antidotes for the in order to heal yourself from this, but we need to, we need to help an entire city. Yeah. I was like, that's not enough. Clearly. Like the stakes are high at this point, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, can Batman even save Gotham? Right. Especially like, uh, he's kind of put to the test just to see if he can save, uh, one person with, uh, Rachel. Cause she gets injected with, you know, whatever poison that Scarecrow had. And, uh, we see this whole, you know, action chase scene really oh, yeah. going down Gotham just to say, see if he can save one person, you know, this like first test. And, uh, you know, he, he kind of almost fails, you know, like uh, we as we see throughout, there's like a possibility of that happening. Right. But, uh, you know, obviously, you know, the Batman will succeed. And barely. I just, like, <laughs> yeah, I, I just want to say, like, with this whole sequence that, uh, man, does this whole this whole scene just looks really good, you know? Oh, yeah. When uh, when calling the bats with his, like, signal or whatnot because of that, and then him just dropping down. Like, that's just uh, visually, it looks amazing. It looks great. Yeah, it's like, you can't, like, oh, man. It's Very like, cinematic. Right. You can't, 
yeah, how can you not get behind something that looks this you know good? Yeah. Especially with him getting in this car, having this whole chase with the cops. I guess the again the only real downside is like, uh, you know he he had before this whole struggle with uh, you know not killing people or whatnot. But clearly some of these cops. Oh. Have had these, you know, insane injuries, or you know, could have died because we see their cars get flipped. You know, like it's no tomorrow. And like, yeah, I know. come on, <laughs> they get they like crash into like you know pipes and uh, like pillars and buildings, and it's right. like Batman just letting it go. There's so much damage that is done yeah. to Gotham just to save Rachel, and it's like you know him and Alfred have this like whole uh, you know talk about it too, but you know he's like. It's Rachel, man. <laughs> yeah, it's Rachel. It's like, well, Alfred's like, you know, I obviously care about Rachel too, but you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, great scene, great moments. Um, yeah, filled with uh, like action and everything, but all around just great. Like, especially the moment when like he's in the tumbler or the Batmobile. I don't know what we want to call it, but uh, and he's like on the interstate and he's just like, just like zooming. But I love that moment when like it all goes really like it all goes dark and then he goes like really slow and it just sets a different tone for the scene. Mm-hmm. And he's just like still even in that huge, that big like I don't know I don't know how big it is like sixteen foot like tumbler machine this tank this tank is like being stealthy and I'm like I don't know it was weird yeah <laughs> it, it was kind of weird it was kind of it was kind of cheesy but it was cool when he went through the back cave and then he you know like flew to go save and get yeah. the antidote and save Rachel. Great scene. I don't, I can't say yeah. enough about it. Um, oh man, but honestly, maybe the scene after that is almost better. So Bruce gets back, and you know he's like uh, dressing up because he's got his. It's his birthday today. Tonight's his birthday. <laughs> yeah, his we, birthday. We we completely forgot about that. It's his birthday. All right. Um, great Gatsby quote anywhere? I don't know. Uh, so <laughs> so it's his birthday, and uh, he comes back. He's dressing up in his tux. And he goes down and greets the the guests who's there, and then um, you know Bruce is doing his thing. He finds out that Lucius has been fired and everything, and he's just like, "Oh no, but I need I need anecdotes. I need I need mass production because mm-hmm. you know we got the." He's telling them about the water situation, and then he's like about to go and like basically like you know. I, I I don't know. He just he he needs to get everyone out. You know, he he needs to focus on he he needs to focus on what's like the stakes that are in hand. But then he gets interrupted by some some lady who uh, <laughs> who claims like, oh, you got to meet this person. You got to meet meet this person. And then she says that like like Raz al Ghul. And then we're just like, whoa, whoa, it can't be Raza Ghoul. Yeah, it's like I thought we killed him like earlier in this movie. What, what, yeah, what what an epic moment too. Like when when even. He knows that that can't be true. And we even got another moment when uh, the Scarecrow said that he worked for Ra's al Ghul. And even Batman was just like, that can't be. Like, I killed mm-hmm. him. And then, like, then we kind of get this, like, tease that, like, Ra's al Ghul is still alive. And he's clearly not as some other guy, some henchman. Yeah, some other henchman. But then we hear the voice of Liam Neeson himself. Uh, uh, and then he turns around. And then, like, uh, Bruce is like, oh, crap. Like, uh, uh, Ducar's still alive. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously he knew that, but like he's here, he's here, and that was that was epic. Like that moment that like Descartes is here, but he's posing as Razzle Ghul. This is the part that kind of always confused me, because I was even reading into like, um, uh, just some things about him begins, and apparently some places believe that like he's actually Razzle Ghul and he's not Descartes, and he was act he was actually Razzle Ghul all along, but. I just find what's weird though is the fact that in the credits though he's not credited as Raza Agul. No, I think he is Raza Agul. He, he's the true one technically. Oh, okay. Uh, it's just yeah, he had this uh, again other persona to card that he he would be or introduce himself to Bruce. Uh, so yeah, I, I think he ultimately it, it's revealed in this scene that. He is the true Raza Gould, and he revealed himself now, and he's going to carry out his plan that he told him uh, before. That's how, like, because uh, I was even questioning, you know, when we were watching this film, was like, how would he have done this whole entire uh, setup to destroy Gotham if he was basically, you know, uh, saved by Bruce right there? He is like, 
wouldn't he have the time to set up this whole elaborate plan <laughs> yeah. when it was literally Bruce went, you know, from saving him to Gotham and that was like a span of, you know, maybe a month, two right. months, you know, who knows? So like, why didn't he destroy Gotham then? No, I'm just saying like, I don't think he had enough time to set up all of this because you know how he, he basically oh. goes into death like, oh, uh, where we infiltrated all of this town or whatnot, but you know, then when you think about it, if he is the true Ra's al Ghul, technically he set this uh, whole scenario way beforehand, and he was like, "Oh, he wanted Bruce to basically be one of his uh, head guys." Yeah, but he, you know, said no, so that he had it all in place, and he was just about to resume it. It got quote unquote a little delayed, right? But, yeah. Yeah, so that's how it all makes sense. And I like that moment when he does, like, explain it. Um, and especially, like, when, you know, just like his parents, uh, he he was kind of, like, almost, like, in the way. Like, Bruce Wayne was in the way because his parents had those, like, same, like, ideals that he eventually ended up having mm-hmm. as a person. And um, it was even cooler, like, when he mentioned that, like, the League of Shadows has not only been just, like, around for, like, that you know, like a few years or that decade or whatever. Like they've been around since like the, you know, like the Roman empire and everything. And like kind of bringing like elements of history into it. Yeah. And that was a little like, in, that was kind of interesting hearing that, that like, like the league of shadows is this like ancient, uh, group that like resets the world when it needs to, when it needs to. And, uh, we're the ones to do it. Like, it's not like it just happens. Like there's a group behind it. It kind of like fed into conspiracy theory. Yeah, it was like this Illuminati type of thing. Yeah. But it was kind of, it was kind of interesting because it kind of added to the mystique, uh, to Ra's al Ghul slash Ducard. And um, how much power they have over the world. Right. And it's not, and I think this is what's great about his character too. It's that it's not like he has all the power, you know? Mm-hmm. Is he leading it? Yes, but it's this group. Yeah, of this moral code, as they say it, you know, and right. eventually they dictate when enough's enough and whether a thing should be stopped or not. And obviously in this situation, they thought Gotham is can't be saved, so they carry out their extinguishing plan, I guess. Right. And uh, what a moment when uh, the, you know, the the hall like the wayne manor or whatever we want to call it like burns to like it's burning to the ground yeah and then they have their showdown and uh uh um raza ghoul just like leaves bruce for dead but he doesn't actually like kill him or anything but he because he leaves him alive but he just leaves him burning inside of the place just as uh well kind of just as um bruce did for him back when he was in training and everything mm-hmm. I love how like Christopher Nolan kind of brings back these like moments that happened in the beginning and then he brings it back in a different way towards like the the climax of the film. It happens a lot. It uh, does. And, uh, yeah, like you like you're saying, I think it does add this other element of like uh, since we as viewers watched earlier, it kind of is like this uh, payoff moment to yeah. see it come back and uh, really uh, add to the effect of some scene or emotion or some um, idea. Yeah, and uh, see, and I feel like this is kind of what separates Batman Begins from like a film like Memento. And maybe it is simply due to the superhero nature of the film that it makes me feel like it's okay to revisit certain scenes. Because like Memento did a similar thing, you know? And uh, like we revisited scenes for the sake of uh, well, if we're th- saying like an emotional impact or anything, like even in Batman Begins, we see moments of him and his father, uh, like having like a just a father son moment with the, uh, you know, like him if, hearing his heartbeat. Mm-hmm. And like we come back to that like several times, twice, I think twice. Yeah. And it was it was fine. Like it felt it felt right. And I felt like Memento employed similar things, but it just didn't feel the same. And Batman Begins did it successfully. I think it's, again, a combination of the origin story, how relatable they can be, and uh, the setup for how much do, again, uh, us as viewers see that development. Because in Memento, we don't really see how Leonard, you know, develops as a character before his condition. We only see his condition and learn him through what he knows right so it's a completely different uh way how we view a character like that yeah 
and maybe that maybe those are the differences just like the type of the the type of film you know obviously the main character the story all of that um yeah then uh basically it almost feels like we're at this moment of and this usually happens in superhero movies especially like today um where we feel like we're at the lowest of low points and now it's like the we failed like the main character right. feels like they have failed and like you know we can't save we failed at our jobs and uh, <laughs> we can't save the world or whatever yeah. but there's always that one person and in this case it's alfred uh who you know just tells him and we and here again we get that moment of like that like feel good moment of something that we heard already previously in the film that quote from uh bruce's father that like well, you know why do we pick ourselves up uh that way we can learn a or why do we fall? So that yeah. we can just pick ourselves up. <laughs> yeah, Sorry, yeah. I butchered that. But, you know, we we are reintroduced to that again right. uh, from Alfred. It's a really clever moment, again, to, to again, it was like at lowest low points, really great way to set the scene up so that, you know, we can continue on with uh, developing the Batman and, you know, we can truly prevail with uh, this hope over a despair. Right. But it it almost seems like we're, you know, we're losing more and more of that because, or like the hope, I mean, because uh, basically the plan A is getting set in motion. The water is vaporizing into the air because we've got that. That feels a little too convenient. Uh, we got to mention that one like machine, that weapon that Wayne Enterprises has made, mm-hmm. that like that weapon that vaporizes water or any kind of like chemicals in the air or something. It just felt too convenient. That was the one problem that I think I had. That felt like it just was like this placeholder that had way too much power. Uh, maybe. I was like, I don't know enough about if that's even possible to weaponize at all. I was like, who knows if that's a thing? I don't know. Um, again, this might go back to the how lenient we can be in regards to a superhero uh, films. Like, Sure, that can happen, I guess. You know, it's like anything's happened in the comics, right? It's like, come on, there's, you know, multiverses and so on. It's like, if if I can believe that, you know, I don't know. It's like, I just let it go. But yeah, anyway, Gotham's going to crap, or at least one half uh, of it is at the moment. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, like Rachel's over there, Gordon's over there. And then we get this whole, like, great moment where Gordon gets to drive the tumbler and uh Batman saving Rachel and everything and um you know they eventually get out of there. Yeah, they basically develop a plan in order to stop uh Razak Ghoul from doing uh causing more destruction to uh, Gotham. Mm-hmm. Uh he basically tells Gordon to, you know, go to this place. But we don't really know, you know, where or how but Batman just oh just take my ride or whatnot. Yeah. And Batman goes on his all his all uh some other uh way to stop Roz. And uh this is like a funny moment with Gordon because yeah. you know he gives Batman gives him his keys or whatnot and Gordon's just like, you know, how do I drive this thing? And it's <laughs> it's just a hilarious moment to to see him, you know. Again, this is uh, human like right, you know, yeah. we can uh connect with him here because like you you wouldn't know how to drive this yeah thing, that you big know? thing yeah and see um this is a perfect example of how comedy should be done and honestly any movie but it not but it's particularly in a superhero film yes I like agree. we can we can give you some comedy we can alleviate some of the action and some of the tension which i do believe in but not to the point where it like completely kills the mood of the movie right and i think Christopher Nolan like was able to, uh, you know, was able to employ some of those really great moments, but still keep that tone of seriousness. You know, seriousness, yeah. the stakes are high, especially like uh, dictating like w- when the comedy happens with w- which characters, right? Because this is this is a comedic moment with Gordon, and it makes sense because I guess he's just a regular guy, yeah. Right? If this happened with. I, I, there's probably some scenes with uh, comedic moments with Batman, but I guess there's so little and they're brief. They're very brief. It's not like a lingering tone. It's not like he even engages super far into that realm, right? right. It's usually another character that's added in that scenario, and they have that 
comic relief moments where it's not focused on the actual superhero and kind of like dragging down their uh, uh, mystique, I guess. Exactly. And it's not, it's not like it shouldn't be there to distract, mm-hmm. you know, like it's just kind of there to alleviate a little bit of the, that tension, but not, oh, let's just, let's just fall into this and ah, ha, 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 it's funny. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, that sort of thing. Um, but man, and then like talk about the impact about like the moment when we like Batman and Ra's al Ghul are in their like another showdown. Yeah. But like, it doesn't feel like, like I, I say like, Oh, another showdown, but it didn't feel like that. You know, it felt like, you know, here we are again, but it's still impactful. It's still meaningful. Mm-hmm. And it all had to do with, you know, that whole first moment of like, obviously the training, but the saving. And then now he's in his own house, but now here we are again, squaring off for the final time. Right. So it's, it's like classic, like uh master versus student, you know, mm-hmm. a mentality here, you know, like who's going to win, who can, uh, who's going to prevail, you know? Yeah. Who's going to get that, like, you know, that upper hand. Right. And yeah, this, this is a great scene. Cause you know, when we see this whole, you know, it's, it's a fight scene, right? Yeah. But, uh, just the tactics on like, um, what's happening around them and whose plans actually going forward. And uh, we see that with Batman because he sends Gordon to basically uh, take down the the whole bridge that's leading them to the water supply of Gotham. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically, Roz didn't account for all this to happen. And basically, Batman shuts down his plan, but still, is there's this, a lot of destruction, right? It's not like he physically stopped it. He had to let it go, but he basically prevented it from doing more harm than it what it could have done right you know? yeah and um yeah i don't know like this whole like you say that like you know it's a fight scene and everything but what's great about it is that like, that the whole story is taking place you right. know like how you just described and it like it still sets the stakes and then like just the fight scene itself was so like like clean and it was tight and then the moment like when batman does finally gain the upper hand in that moment when he's just like uh I, I guess maybe Ra's al Ghul is like expecting him to kill him, but Batman doesn't. And he says like, I don't have to kill you, but I don't have to save you either. Yeah. And it's just like this moment of like, oh man, that sucks so bad. And uh, It's but, such a cool scene just to see him like pop out. It's like, you know, he just goes yeah. out with his his, uh, his cape and whatnot. It's like, man, yeah, just like it says. Like, just epic. Yeah, just an epic moment. Uh, but, it, but even, we even get that great moment like a little bit afterwards when Ra's al Ghul knows what his fate is. And mm-hmm. then just like, I love that little moment too. Yeah. That it's not like, it's not just about Batman, but we also get that moment between him and Ra's al Ghul. You yeah. Know? It's like, again, it's like this respect thing where it's like, okay, I've lost and I'll accept my fate. Yeah. It's not like he has a shock moment of value and he just goes down screaming, you know? Yeah. It's like, it's you know, like he's, just, he's like at peace, quote unquote. Like, exactly. You were the better man in this scenario. And that's it. Yeah. And it was, it was so good. Yeah. It was so good. Like, so just different than what. Uh, like a cartoony Batman could ever offer. Right. And, you know, uh, thank God the world is saved or like, I guess to a certain extent. Um, and, uh, you know, Batman has won. Gotham is slowly getting better. And then we see like these, I love how we're starting to see like more of the establishment of, um, you know, like the things like the bat signal, uh, Gordon and Batman, you know, being being a team uh rachel's okay yeah uh, they start to like basically rebuild everything again mm-hmm. and uh here's where we basically get the scenario of like uh you know is he gonna uh you know in the superhero movies they usually have some sort of uh uh um a lover's uh, scenario you oh, know right, with, like yeah. you know spider-man mary jane you know yeah. superman lois lane stuff like that right yes and he was like oh is he gonna get the girl or not but like no it doesn't happen no it's actually kind of better that way you know yeah and because we it actually appears like that's gonna happen you know mm-hmm. and uh then it turns out to be just more like um whenever gotham doesn't need batman uh you know come find me i guess yeah, yeah. sort of it, it, this is also another scenario where i say that uh technically there is no separation from bruce wayne and batman because even she rachel realized that 
that technically there's only really uh, that Batman, I guess, persona is like one and all and the whole, you know, rich, wealthy guy, you know, that's not a true. It doesn't exist. Yeah, it doesn't exist. So, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, this is a good way to like end off the Batman Mm -hmm. uh, world right there for, for now, I guess. For now, right. And... Yeah, exactly. And and see, that's what was great about Rachel is because she always understood like who Bruce was. Mm-hmm. And Bruce Wayne is Batman and Batman is Bruce Wayne. Yeah. And she recognizes that, you know? Um, so it's like, yeah, like a let's cut to the chase. But uh, like, but like, you know, honestly, like being honest about it and yeah. knowing what, how that affects him, how that affects them. And even Gotham. And Gotham. Because like, uh, even if they did get together... You know, obviously, she knows how much Gotham means and how much Gotham needs him, you know? Yeah. So, the fact that that's what, you know, maybe later, hopefully, you know, that can happen one day. Right. And then, yeah, then we're just like, you know, the the establishment of other things. Uh, You know, yeah, the bat signal, the teaming up with Gordon and whatnot. And then we get the nice little see, and, this, and like it just wraps up nicely. Like we get the nice little like teaser yeah. to the Joker. Yeah, the this, this was the, this is an epic moment too, but probably only because of you know now where it leads. Right. I wonder if it had the same impact, you know, in then, theaters in two thousand five. Yeah. Because like uh, when we see just you know this card and it's the flipping of the Joker card, it's like. Oh man, it's such an epic, you know, like yeah, uh, you get chills, chills, like, yeah. yeah. I was like feeling, it's like, oh man, that's epic, cause, you know, because the Joker is obviously Batman's most famous villain and greatest rival, right? I mean, it's like, come on, everybody wants to see that. Everyone wants to. So, great ending, great movie. Simply, it's like, watch this. It's it's probably. Uh, underrated in the trilogy that's, that's what i'm saying i've i've said that yeah i totally agree like i i don't know when it was it was like several years ago i also felt the same way i'm just like uh i feel like batman begins is an is the most underrated film in the entire trilogy mm-hmm. um because i know dark knight gets all the attention i understand yep. why but batman begins it's a really good movie yeah it's really good. I was like, I remember thinking when we stopped, I was like, man, I want to watch it again. Yeah, I was like, that's, yeah, the, the, yeah, to be able to rewatch it again, the rewatchability is just like, like great music too. Like, mm-hmm. I, like, I got to mention that. Holy crap, the music's so good. Like, it sets the tone like in great moments. And I was even looking it up because I wanted to know who wrote it. Cause I was like, I knew Hans Zimmer did Dark Knight. Uh, but James Newton Howard, um, also, uh, wrote, music with Hans Zimmer on Batman Begins. Yeah, and it just like, it just, not that Hans Zimmer's bad or anything, but like it just really adds to the, like a little bit, it feels a little bit different than the rest of the trilogy. And like in terms of music, in terms of like their like presentation and everything. And of course you can only do so much within an origin story and it, it can only, you know, be presented in a certain way. Um, but man, yeah, it's such an underrated film in the trilogy. Not a lot of people like uh, talk about it, um, yeah. and it and it definitely should be. Watch this film. Yeah, <laughs> watch it please. ahead of its time. Aged definitely, re- remarkably well. Yes, great movie. Just see it, own it. Yeah, it's great. So there we have it, Christopher Nolan's action slash adventure film, Batman Begins. We hope you enjoyed listening and watching this episode and. We'll see you on the next one. Thank you for listening to this episode of The End Credits. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The End Credits Podcast and over on Twitter at The End Credits. If you're watching the video version, make sure to subscribe to The End Credits YouTube channel. That's it. Thank you and goodbye.